0: hello what's your favorite scary movie Be the talking
1: queers part
2: two two we want to do that sequels suck hey bitch hey bitch how are you new are you covid free
1: (laughs) (laughs) i was just about to say i'm new and improved Oh my God! Yes,
2: how are you feeling?
1: I'm feeling good. Um, my isolation ended two days ago, so okay, I'm work. happy about That's that. Good. My smell and taste are fully back in action.
2: Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. Good. That was that was quick.
0: Okay. Quick
1: recovery. Yeah. Luckily, I didn't get hit too hard. Well, one thing I also wanted to mention is that it is now February. Woo! Yes, it is um and february means black history month so happy black history month to everyone out there who well we all should celebrate that
2: yeah everybody should be happy
1: it's black history um, month yep so it's time to look back on black history and um of course appreciate and celebrate black excellence in all aspects
2: and educate ourselves on um you know what that means—the meaning of it—all uh, the these huge influential people within the black community. This is all important to our progression, and yeah, I'm excited for that. I love Black History Month. If to keep it in the realm of horror, if you if, if you can do one thing during February, I would say please go check out Horror Noir, the documentary on Shudder. Um, you know, if you want to keep it horror and whatever, it's a great documentary that um, we did an episode on our very first it, episode uh, yeah our very first episode that came out and uh it's a great exploration of of the black experience in horror films um where they sort of break down all the tropes they uh they talk about where it's been and hopefully where it's going so um go out there and check out horror noir i we can't sing its praises enough i feel like no, we talk about it a lot amazing on this podcast yeah yeah it's
1: so um, referential and not just in Black cinema, but just across the board, there's so many things to reference within that documentary. Yeah,
2: absolutely. So yeah, check out Horror Noir. Celebrate Black History Month. It's important, and um, yeah, let's have a party, <laughs> but not a not a real one. <laughs>
1: <laughs> also, next week, um, oh no no no, and yeah, next week it'll be Valentine's Day. Or in the coming week, yeah. it'll be Valentine's Day. Um, yeah. So we ha- do, just to announce this early, we do have some Valentine's Day cards available on our
2: website. <laughs> yes, you have to go check them out because they are so funny. I think they're hilarious looking. I know,
1: they're just so, like, <laughs> they're... <laughs> I don't even know how to ex- uh, describe them. They're just
2: like they're like just like beautiful, like those old classic cherubie Valentine's Day cards, <laughs> but with like the heads of serial killers from horror movies on it. Like, yeah, which is, which is great. Yeah, it's hilarious. It's great. It's almost like the the Valentine's Day cards from the movie Valentine. Yes, with like with Jason's face on. That it. That was the inspiration
1: <laughs> behind them. Valentine, the movie. Yes.
2: Yes, which is exciting because that is our episode next week. I
1: know. I'm so excited and hope Yes. And we'll have a special surprise on that, um on that episode. So also, this will be announced on our Instagram, um, two days before this episode comes out, hopefully. Um, but our merchandise is now live and ready for purchase.
2: Ooh. Yes, you can get all the goodies. Look, I'm wearing
1: one of the shirts now.
2: Yes, you are. It says I'm a horror. What does it say? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. It's a, um a beautiful pink horror sticker, just like that's on all our marketing on our Instagram all our posts.
1: Yeah, that genre horror sticker in pink.
2: Yes, um, it looks so cute. And you need to get your hands on one.
1: Yeah, so there's, there are five designs and a couple stickers. Hoodies, women's cut, men's unisex, you know, we
2: have it all.
0: Yeah. Every Jock
2: straps, thongs, <laughs> G-strings, all of it. You thought the Chromatica <laughs> yeah. jock strap was it? Nah, get the Fear of the Talking Queers jock strap. <laughs> <laughs> Just
1: kidding. We don't have that. No. I wish. I that would be great. I would wear maybe, that. Maybe when. This will be the first step in our evolution of merchandise. Yes. So we'll get there. Yes.
2: Lingerie is next. Yes. <laughs> Intimates. Well, yes. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: click on the intimate section of our website now. <laughs> so. so we will have a link on our website that'll tell you how to purchase this but you can go directly to teespring.com that's t-e-e spring like the season um uh, teespring.com <laughs> slash stores slash fear the talking queers
2: Yes, get your merch today. And if
1: you're confused by all of that, you can just go to fearthetalkingqueers.com and you'll find where you need to go.
2: (laughs) Yes, absolutely, absolutely. For the month of February, Frankie and I have decided in honor of Black History Month that with every purchase of Fear the Talking Queers merchandise, 30% will be donated to the Center for Black Equity. The Center for Black Equity's mission statement is to promote a multinational LGBTQ plus network dedicated to improving health and wellness opportunities, economic empowerment and equal rights while promoting individual and collective work, responsibility and self-determination. Their vision is to build a global network of LGBTQ plus individuals, allies, community-based organizations, and prides dedicated to achieving equality and social justice for black LGBTQ communities through economic equity, health equity, and social equity. Um, so before we kick off this episode, we wanted to just do a little fun thing. I think for the month of February, I think we're going to focus on this idea of obsession. Yes. Right? Right? Like, I feel like it's like a common theme throughout the films that we're gonna be doing for the month of February so we thought that we could tell you about some of our favorite obsessions yeah so what we're gonna do right now is we're gonna spin a little wheel and, it, and it's gonna pick something for us and we're gonna tell you what about that subject we are obsessed with I'm so excited okay here we go and- Ooh. What hot men are we obsessed <laughs> with? <laughs> oh
1: my god. This is so Ooh. this is so appropriate for our, yeah, for let's our just, first.
2: Totally, let's kick this off with a bang. Hot men, who are you obsessed with? Okay,
1: I am absolutely obsessed, and I was just thinking about him this morning. <laughs> seriously oh my god where <laughs> uh, you know and it's crazy because he's not in a lot of things he's kind of hard to find but he's married to mm-hmm. Sofia Vergara <laughs> and I oh. am talking about Joe Manganiello oh jo-
2: oh my god Joe Manganiello Joe Manganie.
1: um so hot he is super fine I don't know why I was thinking about him this morning but I was but literally in my head waking up this morning I was like if I was in a movie and I had to pick somebody <laughs> that was like <laughs> in love with me <laughs> it would be joe
2: <laughs> oh my gosh yes he's sexy tall broad werewolf man he's so hot so hot so
1: hot he's so hot in magic mike i know it's a prosthetic oh yeah but my god <laughs> oh yeah
2: oh yeah he's got that big dick in magic mike. yeah he's the guy with the big dick oh my god that's hilarious <laughs> <laughs> i have a few so that's my first one so you go Oh, I mean, everybody, I think probably knows my number one so I've probably mentioned it several times. But ooh, Mister Superman himself, Henry Cavill. Oh, delicious! My God, delicious! Uh, I could eat him like I was Army Hammer. Okay? Oh, oh!
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I want to eat him up. Right? I, I swear! I swear to God, the first time I okay, I knew about Henry Cavill when he was like a young. Person, I was like a child, but he's in this movie called *The Count of Monte Cristo*, which came out like uh probably like the early two thousands. Okay. And he's like a young, he's almost like a, he's like a teenager in that, and he was so cute, like perfect cherub face. I think you and posted then, that, or I looked it up when you told me about yeah. that, and I was like, wow, right, he's super yeah, handsome still. Yeah, he was like a little angel, gorgeous, and then you know. Disappeared off the face of the planet. I think he did like the Tudors. Who cares? And then all of a sudden, Superman comes out. Like Man of Steel yes. came out, and I remember sitting in the movie theater. What? And literally having a physical reaction to seeing him on on screen. Wow. Like I like it. Like took my breath away. Some moments like you look at the camera. I was like, that is the most beautiful man I have ever seen. He's- super fine and he's just, oh, a, he's just he's beyond fine like he's everything <laughs> oh he's like distinguished and handsome and rugged and and oh, oh when he's Ooh. bare when he's shirtless oh. and he has Itch. just like the you know oh it's that that rug rug I just want to yes, sleep on the hair on his chest.
1: is just so sexy I love body hair I don't know if it's because I myself too, have a man. lot
2: of it <laughs> <laughs> And I love myself. (laughs) I
1: love myself, but I am so turned on by hairy men.
2: Oh my god! Yes, like I don't know. Some people, you know, I'm not. You know, everybody has their preferences, and like some people really love smooth men. But no, I like a, I like some body hair. I love the stubble. I I want rug burn. I want to feel it on my neck.
1: Yeah, (laughs) I want pubes in between my teeth.
2: Oh my god! <laughs> now what a flop, okay? I never have to go to the dentist. <laughs> oh, oh my god! Oh my god! Okay, That's
1: let's hilarious. move on because now we're all wet. So I know now I'm, all,
2: I'm uh, all hot. Oh my god! My
1: second choice, and this was actually the first person that came to mind when we were when you spun the wheel. Um, yeah, Michael B. Jordan.
2: Oh my god, gorgeous. Gorgeous.
1: So hot. From Fruitvale Station to Black Panther to Cream. Oh yeah. He is just everything. That smile
2: is killer. It's killer. And I'm a huge person about teeth. Oh yeah. And that is like just perfect. They have to be
1: big, they have to be straight, and they have
2: to be white.
1: <laughs> Are you talking about his teeth? Yes, oh. their teeth. <laughs> Yeah, no, because usually my preference is not white, but you know,
2: right? Yeah, no, totally but not, their okay. teeth, their teeth have to be white. Yes, no, absolutely. Yeah, I'm a huge teeth person, and even Henry Cavill doesn't have perfect oh, teeth. Oh, here we go. Okay. He... Yeah, he's... <laughs> but he's just so stunning. Anyway, yeah. um, so Michael B. Jordan, so-
1: banging ass body super oh. fine. I, I I just can't... Every time he's on screen and he just flashes that smile, I'm like... Dead. And he just has this like twinkle in his eye. I mean, he's just lovely. A lovely man.
2: Right. No, absolutely. Um, I will have to say for my second choice, um, it's generic as hell, but it's the truth. It's uh, Monsieur Zac Efron. He's <laughs> just... I, I, as basic as that choice is he is so beautiful and like have you watched that new documentary he did about fucking saving the planet earth <laughs> what planet did you see Which planet? <laughs> the planet earth <laughs> yeah earth just <laughs> earth um
1: no I haven't seen it I've seen it on my options and I just I uh, keep going <laughs> well, He
2: ha- <laughs> it's so good and also he is at his peak Fucking rugged Manly Like he's such a sweet Humble human being But he's In this body Of now This like Rugged brawny man Mm. He's kind of lost that Like slender twinky Kind of thing about him Now he's like Full on Just beefy Not super cut anymore But just fucking Beefy And hairy And Just uh, He's just dreamy He's dreamy That's how I would Describe Zac Efron
1: Zac Efron Yeah he's dreamy He's, he's full of coke, but he's dreaming Oh my god!
2: Oh, I don't think anymore. You know, he had Hollywood trauma. He has so much Hollywood trauma. You should watch know, it. It's really I good. Know.
1: Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, I'll give it a whirl. Yeah. <laughs> he is hot. He yeah. is hot. He's really hot in Baywatch. I thought he was super hot in that.
2: Yeah, no, that's when he's like at his like super cut like... Super red. Yeah. Yeah, and um, now he's sort of more like a like a muscular like a muscular bear is what I would Uh I don't know at least he was not that documentary
1: yeah like he's not as like
2: you know slick and And pristine yeah yeah he's a little more down to earth yeah a little more
1: (laughs) real uh, approachable (laughs) yes 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 yes
2: do you have a number three yeah
1: my number three is so cute I don't even know if you'll know who I'm talking about but his name is Rafael De La Fuente
2: no, who's so that?
1: So hot. He's so, he's just so gorgeous. Okay, so he was in Empire, and like the first couple of seasons, he played, uh, maybe just the first season, because that's the only one I watched. So he might just be in that one, but he was, um, Jesse Smollett's character's oh, boyfriend.
2: The oh, boyfriend. the boyfriend,
1: yes. Super hot. Actually, my husband, this is his number one crush, um, but oh. I also think he's super- just super gorgeous super cute he does have a nice body too not not super ripped or cut or anything but just super approachable as you know we like to say uh, Yeah. he's also in Dynasty he's one of the main characters in Dynasty I don't know if you've ever watched the reboot of Dynasty but it was a guilty pleasure of not. mine for a while I haven't seen the latest season but he is absolutely <laughs> just so cute super fine super fine I would say definitely yes. I have a huge crush on him so those are the three for me Joe Manganiello Michael B. Jordan and Rafael De La Fuente those are my obsessions
2: oh I love that um, My so my third crush I think the three of these people that I'm about to like fully name all uh, sort of are they all look alike like let's be honest okay. so, my, one, so this one's kind of random too but one of my biggest crushes I've ever had in my life like as far as like celebrity crushes is uh, Cheyenne Jackson. Okay, yeah, I love Cheyenne Jackson. You love that since... dick
1: pic, the video. Uh,
2: <laughs> oh my God, not that video where he's like <laughs> jerking it. <laughs> <laughs> um, he's just—I don't know. I've always. I, ever since I saw him in a promo for like Xanadu, when he was like in those little tiny little shorts, that was like a gay awakening. I don't want to say gay awakening, but it was like right at the time when I was like ready to run out of the closet. Ooh, okay. And I was like, I was like, I looked at a picture of him in that musical with like a little tiny red tank top uh, those little shorts with those muscular legs. And I was like... Yeah, his I'm body's gay like I, I'm fucking gay like there's no two ways around it so and Cheyenne I'm,
1: Jackson is part of he basically had his hand on your closet door
2: oh absolutely and then get this I was in West Hollywood a, was maybe about uh, two years ago or so and I was in Target and guess who was shopping right next to me and I was like, oh my, "Oh my god!" And I didn't know what to do. And so I—I I would have away. gave I...
1: him a wink and 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 nodded towards the bathroom.
2: I know. I like. I don't know. I, I got too nervous because I was like, I don't. He's like. Uh, he was like shopping for dog food. I didn't even have a dog, but I was like pretending, like I was like looking at the dog food, <laughs> delicious. <laughs> yeah, so I was like, Wow, these are really cute. Chokers are in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm like trying them on myself.
1: <laughs> Honestly, I think if I were in that situation, I would have turned to him and been like, I just have to say this. You're part I of the know. reason that helped like you're you're one of the reasons why I came out of the closet. I would yeah, have just I gave know. him like full I, credit.
2: <laughs> I know. I should have said something or just been like, Hey, like I know you're shopping, like I don't want to bother you. You got too um, nervous. But- i got too nervous because if i feel like if it was somebody that i wasn't like in love with like not in love you know what i mean um, (laughs) it would have been different i feel like i might have had more courage to be like oh my god you know thank you for your work or i appreciate your work whatever please continue your way you know (laughs) but um, i hope your career but uh, flourishes But I just I just got so nervous, and I was like texting Joey, who was in an audition around the corner. And I was like, Oh my god! I was like, Cheyenne Jackson is standing next to me at Target. I don't know what to do. I don't know. And then you walked away. So, yeah, and um, I did. But you know, I love him. He's gorgeous, and he can (laughs) sing, which of course speaks to me on a whole different level. Yeah, that's your
1: soul, the singer.
2: Um, I thought because you said that.
1: The people you picked all look alike I, I literally thought and I don't even know if you'd like him but I thought you were gonna pick Jared Leto for a minute oh my god <laughs> um,
2: I, Jared Leto uh, he I feel like he had a moment where he was also a dream boat. and honestly I wasn't uh, I actually was a fan of the long hair like he had that like long man ombre yeah you know, the hair it was cute i was into it yeah. and everybody was like he's gross and no I, was like, I thought that was hot. super i thought that was a good look for him um i do think jared jared Little is hot but he's
1: not like i watched a move well i watched girl interrupted um the other day and oh, he's in that for the hundredth time and he's in it briefly but i was thinking i was like wow
2: he is so stunning in the face he's gorgeous no he has a beautiful face Have you seen him in Suicide Squad? Gorgeous. Yeah, he's so gorgeous. (laughs) All right. Well, those are our celebrity man obsessions. Tell us if you agree, if you don't agree, if you think that we are, I don't know, have no taste. (laughs)
1: <laughs> you guys have really bad taste. Everyone you picked is ugly. Yes. <laughs> yeah, right.
2: Well, speaking of gorgeous men, we need to get into our film today, which is the 1996 crazy stalker boyfriend uh, thriller Fear starring Mark Wahlberg and Reese Witherspoon, spoon yes so i am excited about this because this is another one that i had never seen before i'd seen like that's clips insane. here and there of course but um no i had not fully seen this film so this is a fun new one for me that's
1: crazy i watch this movie at least once a year
2: is there a specific occasion that you watch it on or
1: i would say it is usually around this time of year because it you know it explores Ooh. relationships and things like that and that this is like <laughs> like how you watch valentine every like february for (laughs) valentine's day valentine's day i think that i (laughs) i watch this one this is usually the time of year when i watch this so i and i think that's why i was so adamant about pushing it for february because i was like this is the movie that i want to talk about
2: (laughs) no absolutely no i think it fits perfectly into our month of obsession and love and Murder. The, um, the
1: crazy thing about this movie—well, not the crazy thing, but something I just learned about this movie—is um, that it was filmed two years before its release. So it was filmed in
2: 1994. Yeah, that. Yeah, Reese Witherspoon is so young in this movie. She's that has to so be so young, so young. She, she looks like she's 13. <laughs> yeah, she looks like a child in this film. <laughs> so the fact that it was filmed in 1994—that definitely makes sense. It totally makes sense. <laughs>
1: Um, she and Mark Wahlberg. This is obviously like early in their careers. Super fresh, super hot, super young. I, this is
2: like yeah. This is like peak like teen star Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, because he was like a he was like a rapper. Yeah, Marky Mark. Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch, he um Those was all, then then he became a Calvin Klein model. Yes,
1: that's when I feel like his career took off.
2: Right, and then he transitioned into actor and this is his first leading role. So Yeah. That's ex- so good for you, Mark. What a, what, a, what a role it is. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll get into how he got this part and everything.
1: So should we get started?
2: Let's get started.
1: All right.
0: So let me not fucking out
1: fear released in 1996 directed by james foley and written by christopher crowe rebellious 16 year old nicole played by reese witherspoon has recently moved to seattle with her father stephen played by william peterson his new wife laura played by amy brenneman and laura's son toby after school one day she her best friend Margot, played by Alyssa milano
0: yes Love her.
1: And another friend, Gary, played by Todd Caldecott, hang out at a pool lounge where Margot makes eyes with a bedraggled looking man who will come to know as Logan.
2: (laughs) Bedraggled. Yes. Yeah. I literally. Fraggle rock. I've never heard that (laughs) word before.
1: (laughs) Literally, it's the synonym for scroungy.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Bedraggled scroungy. Yeah. Yeah, I think all those adjectives fit this totally. man. Oh, yes. Okay. <laughs>
1: so while looking in his <laughs> direction, Nicole exchanges flirtatious looks with a handsome stranger named David, played by Mark Wahlberg. Ah, uh, some the funky bunch. <laughs> <laughs> so Margot obtains a flyer for a rave taking place the following night and notices Logan receiving the same flyer. Margot's mom has just left town with her boyfriend, so she begs Nicole to attend the rave. However, Nicole must attend a concert with her family that same night. The concert plans fall through when Steven suddenly needs to leave town on business. Nicole, in a rebellious tantrum, decides to attend the rave. Margot finds Logan and instantly begins to dance with him.
2: Instantly starts
1: dancing. Okay. <laughs> dancing like anyway. a crazy banshee. A wild woman. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: David swoops in on Nicole, dazzling her with his good looks, kindness, and charm. When the rave is broken up by a fight, David and Nicole run off to spend more time together. They spend a romantic evening overlooking the bay, exchanging life stories. Nicole reveals she has just recently moved in with her father and doesn't feel connected to him, while David explains he comes from a loving family with an ideal upbringing. Nicole realizes she's pushing her curfew, but David winds her watch backwards so she has an excuse to arrive home late. She arrives home at 2 a.m. to a disapproving Laura who expresses her disappointment and instructs Nicole to wash off her makeup because she looks like a slut.
0: Woo! (laughs) Damn.
2: (laughs) So there is a lot to unpack in this film. There's so much. I think that we should just start from the very first moment. So we we start with uh, the camera sort of... That's the thing about 90s movies. They loved a good, like drone shot and didn't even have drones back then no but... they must
1: have, they were probably in a helicopter
2: <laughs> yeah they love a good overhead shot over water we see it and i know what you did last summer it's yes. on the 80s with the lost boys they just love this moment and then um we go directly into a shower scene with reese witherspoon yes Who, which it's uh, kind
1: of awkward because she looks like she's 13, like we just said. Right.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, this immediately, an opening shower scene, reminds me immediately of Carrie. Yeah.
0: You know? Mm -hmm. I was like,
2: okay, so. And I think that sort of tracks, because this is a movie really about a girl becoming a woman. Right. And uh, so is Carrie. They're very parallel in that sense. So, um, yeah, so we start with a young girl. Naked in the shower a young Reese Witherspoon and then who um, we meet the family and she is dressed like a like an adult wearing a 12 year old's outfit yeah like she, <laughs> at least which the is size what his of father it is.
1: which is what her father
2: says <laughs> Right. And honestly I was like, he's not wrong. She does look like she's dressed like a twelve. She even has those frilly little socks. Yeah. I feel
1: like that was like a very like nineties aesthetic. Like oh, like totally. the frilly socks, the baby doll dress.
2: Yeah, like Paisley dresses with Yeah, with like Mary Jane's. And then just that like straight cut across hair.
1: Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not layered, it's not doing there's like one layer. I think it's what give it the, the flounce, like the share right. Horowitz hair and Clueless. Yeah,
2: yeah, the the side swoop. Yeah,
1: yeah. Because when she came downstairs, I was like this is like pre-share. This is like share. Like, yeah, no, it literally looks Cher. like Clueless.
2: Yeah, 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 for sure. Not sh- not share. Oh, share, but like no, sh-
1: Clueless. Yeah, my share. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: The iconic share, not share yeah, <laughs> <Cher> the singer,
2: <laughs> not the singer actress Oscar winner. You know. <laughs> Who? Not not her.
1: No. Um, so the '90s was such a cool time to be in Seattle. So I'm I'm I like that this movie takes place in Seattle. oh
2: yeah, and I think this movie really takes on that grunge aesthetic. Yeah, especially with that character, that bedraggled man, Logan. <laughs> <laughs> the bedraggled man is full on grunge, but everything down to like the kind of clubs they go to, the music—that's sort of yeah. The flannel. There's, there's a the lot of film. flannel. Oh, so much flannel! It's yeah, like they're preparing for winter in the summer.
1: Yeah. Okay, so more to the story's point. Um, we do meet Reese Witherspoon right off the bat, her character Nicole, and we notice right away that she comes from a broken family. Um, and because of that, she's very rebellious, which I totally yeah, she, get.
2: I mean, she comes from a rebel like a broken family that are very rich. <laughs> They're like very rich. A yeah. rich, broken family. She's like, I had she's to move not, in like, with my dad. She's not yeah, she's like not a troubled, you know, teen from the streets. Like she is literally a princess, pretty much. Do you see that fucking house? We'll get into it later, but there were some moments I'm Stunning. like, oh my god, these people are rich. Stunning. And for her to act that way is just
1: her behavior is absolutely unacceptable. Expec- expected. To be honest. <laughs> yeah, that's
2: true. <laughs> so I sort of broke this down and like, let's sort of talk about each character because we do let's kind of meet a lot of characters in this chunk. Right away. Chunk. So let's talk about, uh, we already talked a little bit about Nicole. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about Steve. So Steve is daddy. He's the dad. Yeah. And, um, you know, this movie explores a lot of toxic masculinity. And there are things about Steve that even though he's the you know, opposing figure to David who we'll meet later on, he still sort of has his own problems with toxic masculinity. He is absolutely toxic.
1: I, I honestly feel, because Dave is in a position where he may be bipolar, there's just something psychologically, you know, sure. he's not wired correctly. So some of the decisions that David makes throughout the film's progress is can can always fall back on that like he's psychologically not right however steven makes a lot of stupid toxic decisions that david reacts to and in turn puts his daughter in jeopardy
2: totally yeah because he's so overbearing and he has this ish i mean i get it and he's overcompensating sure but like from like a from a father standpoint, I'm not a father, but as from what no, I can am I. Get, gather from that experience is that it's hard for fathers to let go of their young daughters. And that's sort of is this whole movie is sort of an exaggeration of that theme, which is like, mm-hmm. you know, giving away your daughter, letting her grow up to be a woman. And, and, you know, she has to explore the dangers of the real world on her own. And that's hard for a father to do because, you know, the whole daddy's girl sort of concept. Right. And um, so that's his main struggle. He's a bit of a workaholic. And he seems to uh, often neglect the needs of his family. He has, a, he has a... Are they newly married? I don't think they are, right? I don't think they're newly married. It doesn't seem that
1: way, but... Nicole's just moved in with them. I, I don't quite
2: clearly understand the dynamic here, right. but me d- me either. I don't know, especially because he has a line where he says something to Toby, who I think is her son. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming from another relationship. Yes, I don't think that they're that's not... his son. Yeah,
1: because he he gets excited when when he called dad dad yes that's
2: exactly what i was going to bring up so i mean they obviously can't have been together too long if this is only the step that they're at because that kid's not that old so i don't know maybe it maybe it is a new like a new marriage it could be it could be like a year or two old Mm -hmm. right 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 so then that gets us to laura who is a stepmom she's stepmom laura yeah and and she seems like a cool mom Uh, yeah I think that I think the movie from Nicole's perspective tries to make it look like she's a bit of a step monster at first yeah you know she she's constantly nagging at her to do her chores and and she doesn't think that Steve is being harsh enough on her and um, I don't know if like that movie was trying to make us dislike her but to be honest like when we thought about it because I was talking to Joey about this while we watched it he's like honestly nothing that she says in this movie is ever wrong that girl is you know kind of being a little princess and she's she She is shirking her responsibilities and staying out late and doing all these things and And, honestly
1: I've seen this in my own family but like it seems like kids of divorced parents they always act out and yeah. the parent does never wants to discipline the kid because of what they've already put them through, and right.
2: and they yeah and they don't want to be the bad guy because they exactly. know that they always have another parent that they can that they can go to and be like exactly. They- I want to be with you because you (laughs) let me do these things. Like, like I, yeah, I can see that, that there's this want to be the, uh, and the good parent. And
1: that's why the step parent is always the villain of everything. Because the step parent's like, no, what are you doing? Like you, don't you see this child is not supposed to be behaving this way.
2: (laughs) Right. Um, and I do think Laura becomes a little problematic later on when she calls, uh, Reese Witherspoon, a slut. I was like, yeah. Oh. That's crossing the
1: line. Uh, that's for, that sure that for any parent, whether you're related to, or for any adult, to, to tell a 16-year-old take off that makeup, you look like a slut. Because first of all, slut-shaming. But secondly... Yeah. Women should be able to present themselves any way they want to without being called <laughs> any type of name that would, right, you know, of, of course, insinuate of course. promiscuity.
2: <laughs> my roommate, my roommate goes, uh, he's like, I don't know why she's saying her makeup looks like a slut. Honestly, her outfit's much sluttier. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but yeah, like her, I'm like, what, like, her lipstick <laughs> is slutty? <laughs> she barely has anything on her face. Yeah, but she has
2: barely anything on her body, though. She's like, she looks great. I love her outfits.
1: That's
2: like, (laughs) yeah. I mean, it's very that nineties like mini skirt, like crop top with like the like the knee high socks. Like that was that is all throughout this film. But you know, and I do like her outfits. And I mean, again, not to slut shame her, but like. I don't know if it's just the perspective of the cameraman or how the director shot it, but there are so many upskirts of like Reese, really, and oh everything. God, which even are, oh my the, god, the, I was the like, ladder Whoa. scene, the ladder scene, yeah, the ladder scene before that when she's running up the stairs, it's like looking straight up her tiny right. little skirt, and I'm like, oh bro, like this is uh, I'm her character's. Her character is supposed to be 16 years old, I know. and I think that's one. You know, I I try to play bo- all, every side. Well, one of my biggest criticisms of this movie is the fact that it's very uh, degrading towards women, but especially underage girls. Yeah, like it's because our uh, underage it's, characters it's tough, they find themselves wild.
1: in some compromising situations. Oh, some incredibly
2: adult situations. Yeah, they're sort of portrayed as adults on screen. And even some of the times they look like them. Like honestly, Alyssa Milano has the body of an adult of woman, an adult but her character woman, yeah. is supposed to be like sixteen. 16 yeah, and you're like, whoa. Yeah, it's kind of tricky, um,
1: especially when you have adults playing children in the film. You know, like I'm sure right. that they I'm were sure like seventeen were or age. eighteen. Um, but but honestly, things that I found growing up, you know, have been that like young girls, when they get involved with older men, that's how they act, you know? And it's usually older men are attracted to them because yeah. they may have filled out early or, you know, they already have the body of, yeah. a, other, of I mean, a woman at 16. Sure,
2: and I guess that's like when your hormones are running rampant,
0: mm-hmm.
2: you know? And so I, I get it to an extent, but also there's just some very uncomfortable moments in this film. Yeah, because the like, camera as far as the how, male gaze. Yes, exactly. The male gaze in the camera is very prominent and uh, it's a little uncomfortable to watch sometimes so I think that gets us to our character of Margot Margot who I have an up and down relationship with in this movie
1: (laughs) Margot is a
2: complicated character I
1: actually find her to be the most I think I told you this she's to me is the most intriguing character I think she has the most traumatic experience in the film to be quite honest yeah Um, I mean,
2: other other than maybe Gary. (laughs) Other (laughs) than Gary, poor Gary. We'll get to him. Yeah, we'll get to Gary.
1: Margot, to me, is like who I. I think if I were a girl, I would be Margot. (laughs) Oh my god! It sounds bad because of her character, but honestly, because her character,
2: she's like the cool. She's like. Nicole's cool friend But she's cool because she like Smokes indoors and she reads Smutty magazines you know And she gets to do whatever
1: she wants because she's Neglected
2: Right. She's like, yeah, she, her, her parents aren't as hands-on as like the overbearing parents of Nicole. So she's sort of like a wild child. Um, And I don't think my problems with her have to do with what happens to her in the film. Mm -hmm. Like I, I'm absolutely sympathetic to her. uh, And I don't think that any, any sort of promiscuous things that she does throughout the film, you know, should result in what happens to her. Right. Like, I, you know, I don't think at all. However, I do think that she is a pretty bad friend and I, and I will give you my reasons why as we go along, but most of them start off with the fact that she constantly leaves her friend to be with these like strange, she goes off to be with these strange men and leaves her other 16 year old friend pretty often with strangers, especially in this, like this, the rave, rave scene, scene oh my which God. is ridiculous. That all of a sudden, a, a, could you imagine like being somewhere with some, like going somewhere with somebody, your friend, and a, like a riot breaks out at a rave? And then you're, like, trying to escape. You're you guys crawling are fleeing from from yes.
1: from are the, from the, the top of the building. <laughs> oh, my God.
2: People are screaming. Things are falling over and exploding. <laughs> and you see your friend on the rooftop. And you're like, hey. And she's like, hey, I'll see you later. Bye. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like, wait, no.
0: Wait, where are you going? Yeah.
2: She's a bad there, friend. She is a bad And there's some other moments that come up that I'm like.
1: I think her and I think... Margot and nicole bond over the fact that they have the same feelings about their parents uh that they're they're both they're both pretty neglected in a way where nicole's not really neglected but in her mind i feel that her broken home equals neglect to her In her mind. Yeah. And so she bonds with Margot because Margot, who's actually neglected, um, (laughs) you know, and she has this free spirit. And, you know, honestly, who isn't attracted to carefree people, you know? Yeah. They just have this whimsy about them. But uh, I think that's why they're friends. But Margot, she makes some bad decisions. But they come from a place of reasoning in her mind because she wants attention.
2: Right. I think they probably have something that each other wants. I think that Nicole probably sees in Margot the the freedom that she wants. And I think Margot probably sees in Nicole the family that she doesn't have. Yeah. Because, you know, she goes over to the house. They seem to be very comfortable with Margot in the house, you know, and... Um, so yeah, I can see why they're friends, but she is—you know—she's rather promiscuous. But whatever, that's not—it's yeah. not a big deal until they, until they sort of punish her for and, that later. Until and
1: so. so, and yeah, until she's in a in a rough spot, um, right? So then we of course have David McCall played by yes. Mark Wahlberg,
2: right? <laughs> and even in my notes, I mean, at this point of the film, I just wrote, I mean, come on, he's gorgeous. He's he gorgeous. is, and you know what it is—is is that he's not.
1: I, I don't know he's not your typical face for gorgeous but his, he has so much like sex appeal and yeah. manliness and he's just so
2: he just seems so like normal also like down to earth I don't know what it I is I mean his like <laughs> that first scene when he sort of pops around the corner and he's in that tight skin tight black shirt with that rocking just fucking Zeke. trimmed body mm. in those jeans it's like it is also. It, I wouldn't say it's like as strong as like my physical reactions to Henry Cavill, okay. but it's pretty close. It's like, whoa, that dude is fucking he's hot. Fucking hot. <laughs> yeah, he's fucking hot, smoking and, hot. <laughs> right, and so uh, li- I, like I said, at this point in the film, we don't know much about him, but uh, so we meet. They meet, and they have this first little interaction where they're talking and they're like trying to get to know each other a little bit. After this insane fiasco happens <laughs> and uh i i think that mark Wahlberg does a good job at, at at this character but i don't love him in these sort of quiet moment scenes he seems a little like stoned did you get that like he like his eyes are have closed and he and he kind of... T- he, he's trying to be seductive, yeah. Yes, but it sort of comes across a little bit like he's... I was like, is he on drugs? Like, did he take things at the right. party? Like, we have we didn't see, but I mean, I don't know. But I do have to say that his accent is super charming. It's super and sexy. That, that little Boston accent that he taught, you know. There's
1: one cool. line later on that I wrote down in his accent that I would love to share with you when we get to that oh, yeah. point. Great, 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 great. <laughs> um... um So Mark Wahlberg is equal parts charming, sexy, but also dangerous. Um, And actually, when he was transitioning into being an actor, um, I think it was his agent who told the director of Fear, you know, you should talk to Mark. I think that he would be a good fit for this film for David. And so he hung out a full day with James Foley. They had drinks. They hung out as bros, you know, whatever. Um... But James thought it was a little ridiculous that they would cast Marky Mark. He didn't even know him by Mark Wahlberg. He was like, who? And he was like, (laughs) Marky Mark. And like, oh. So, (laughs) so... He basically called him after they hung out for the full day and he told him, Mark, you're not going to get this part. And we already know that. But I would love if you would maybe be one of the guys in the gang. Um, They don't have enough lines to audition. So in your audition, you have to read for the part of David. But we're not considering you for David. We're considering you for a gang member. (laughs) Right. So he read as David and James Foley was blown away by his audition and told pro- the producers that he would not direct this film if they did not let him cast Mark Wahlberg as David.
2: Good for you, Mark, Marky Mark. Yeah, Mark. this would be like if this would be like if Sean Mendez or <laughs> Justin Bieber yeah. played a part like this, you know? Because you know, he's yeah. like, well. Like a little a little music star who's done underwear ads right <laughs> yeah and this that's a, so think of it in that perspective right it's like somebody like that now playing a, a psychopath in a yeah.
1: it's hard to, to transition popular singers who are popular for their look mostly but also their yeah. music and then push them into people's faces in a movie it's kind of corny
2: <laughs> sure Right. Well, it's like, you know, I don't... You wouldn't expect them, especially being young, to be able to pull off a role that is required to be this intense, Mm -hmm. I would say. Yeah. But I think... I honestly think that he nails it. Probably, honestly, one of Mark Wahlberg's best performances. Yeah,
1: he nails it. And these days, people who are maybe a little bit younger than us, they wouldn't even know him for being Marky Mark. They probably would be surprised that he was even a rapper back in the day. You know that
2: song? He got the good (laughs) vibrations. Yeah. That's him. Yeah. It's not him singing, obviously. Oh, wait, what? No. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) All right. So should
1: we keep going? Yeah, let's keep it going.
2: When Stephen returns home, he reprimands Nicole for breaking her curfew and inquires about David. Nicole explains that she just met David and doesn't know if she'll see him again. After school the next day, David pulls up in a vintage convertible to pick up Nicole. They spend the afternoon in the pool lounge as Margot makes out with Logan. David asks Nicole to meet her family. A day or so later, David's request is granted when Nicole brings Margot and David home so he can meet her family. David charms Toby, Laura, and the family dog, Kaiser, but Stephen seems skeptical and notices David is older than Nicole. As Nicole gets ready for a night out, Margo and David come across Stephen in his office. Stephen is instantly alarmed when he hears David instructing Nicole to get him a Coke. Meanwhile, Margo seductively asks Stephen to join them at the amusement park as she charmingly bends over to tie her shoe. Margo? (laughs) We'll get to that. Okay. As they leave, Stephen reinforces Nicole's curfew, but David winds back his office clock. At the amusement park, Nicole is creeped out by Logan as he watches her while aggressively making out with Margot. The sexual tension rises between David and Nicole. They get on a roller coaster, and as the ride starts, David begins to finger Nicole and continues as the ride goes on. Stephen's tampered office clock throws him off with a work deadline and he must leave town again. This time, Laura joins him, leaving behind Nicole to babysit Toby. Nicole takes advantage by inviting David over and because he says he's helping some friends and can't come over until late in the night, she gives him the passcode to enter her house. When he arrives, he wakes Nicole. They begin to make out and soon Nicole finds herself losing her virginity to David. David. Whoa. Whoa.
1: (laughs) Honestly, these paragraphs have so much information in them. We have to just break them down.
2: (laughs) So, my first question is how are these 16 year old girls getting into these bars? I don't get it. I don't
1: know. Like, is this pool lounge, like, 18 and over? (laughs) Or what is going on? But they're
2: not even, I mean, I guess, like, Joey was like, I mean, they're girls. I mean, I'm like, I guess that's true.
0: I guess so.
1: Because in the, in this, in the rave and in the pool lounge, these people around them are obviously age appropriate. They seem like right. the youngest ones in the group, in the crowd.
2: Yeah, they look like babies. And then they're like in these pool halls where everybody's drinking and like, what? okay, all right, 90s, sure. I and I don't know, there's something about this whole David situation. Like, I don't know, wouldn't you think that this is all too good to be true? That this guy out of nowhere is like the most sensitive man you ever met? Yeah, also gorgeous. And, and- uh, you know, but what
1: gives it away the most honestly is logan that's when it's like yeah why is he friends with because you are who you hang out with and that's just a fact you know right exactly whores of a feather flock together <laughs> 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 that's why we're friends that's what they say about us <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> but uh, yeah
1: that's the part where david he does seem too good to be true but you believe him but then you see logan making out with your best friend and he's looking over at you point literally pointing at you yeah. and you're like this is disgusting and why is he friends with him and that's the red flag number one for me is right why and I'm is like, my man perfect hanging out with this monster
2: i know but then she can also look over at Margot and be like but i'm friends with her so <laughs> <laughs> true boys with a feather flock <laughs> yeah, together yeah. <laughs> That's my best friend. So, I mean, <laughs> the company I keep is not much better. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right. Well, uh, yeah, it's Margo making out with him. So, you
0: know, Pod <laughs> Kettle Black, Nicole. Right, exactly.
2: <laughs> so my... Okay, here we go. We need to talk about this scene in Steve's office. Because what the fuck is going on in this scene? It is... I'm sorry, but if
1: I were Steven, I would be like, can you excuse me for a minute? I would go to Nicole and be like, you're not going.
2: I mean, amongst a million other like crazy (laughs) things that happen in this scene. So let's break it down. Let's break this shit down. So the first thing is David comes into the office to wash his hands. I guess he's like, (laughs) yeah, in the bathroom. First of all, why is this? The layout of this house is insane. Why is there a bathroom in the office and not in the hallway? Whatever. Okay.
1: So that he can keep working and go pace.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. So then he goes into the bathroom and washes his hands where he's like quickly followed by Margot, And she's like, hey, like, how are you? And he's like, come in, tell me about life. And then she comes in and this is why she's also a bad friend because she starts purposefully bending over showing off her booty in her tiny little skirt to her f- best friend's dad. Yeah, but that's
1: that's a fantasy that even I have had.
2: Oh my god.
1: <laughs> like just flirting but with someone's like- dad as a teenager. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah, but he like is in he like falls for it. He, like, is fully invested in looking at her ass. Mind you, she is 16 years old, supposedly, if she's the same age as his daughter. Right. But not only are they doing this, they're doing this in front of David, who walks out of the bathroom and is watching this whole exchange go on, where she's like, come to the amusement park with us, Danny, or whatever. (laughs) You know, bumper
1: cars.
2: (laughs) Yeah, and yeah, and he's, like, watching and kind of smiling on. I'm like, what the fuck is happening? I was like, I was like, oh, maybe Margot is in on this. Maybe her and David are in some kind of cahoots because this looks like a, like a tag team event where they came into this office to start shit and like get Steve in trouble, whatever. But none of it ever plays out though yeah nothing is ever brought up about this we don't learn like why did this scene happen
1: yeah yeah with i literally wrote that margo needs attention okay and because she's not getting it from her own parents she's going to get it from nicole's parents but then also it's like
2: why would she be so obvious (laughs) about it in front of david yeah
1: yeah and then when david catches on he kind of looks and this is red flag number two for me is that like He's looking at Steven watching Margot do this, and he's like, You like that, right?
0: Right. It's like, it's Ew.
1: Like, what? <laughs> Gross. But yeah, honestly, this whole as, scene is like, as a father is figure, this is when I would be like, Okay, first of all, don't ask my daughter for anything with that tone.
2: You may you he can didn't ask. Even ask? He's like, Give me a Coke. Or Nicole,
1: give that. me a Coke. <laughs>
2: And, and, is that, that, the, is that the sexy line in his accent you're talking about? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> And then David's ears
1: kind of perk, or no, sorry, Steven's ears kind of perk up at this, like, wait, don't talk to my daughter that way. And then he, and then he looks, and then he's checking out this 16 year old, literally head tilted, like looking, like trying to get a peek under her skirt.
2: That's what I was like. Is Marco in on this? Is she in cahoots with David? Are they she both trying to fuck with She kind of seems like
1: she would roll with that pack. I mean, she found her calling, you know, almost with this group of right. people. But, but then between that, between no, and then David notices him, and then he realizes, oh, I'm in the wrong. I should not be looking at this girl that way. Uh, that's when I would get up and be and go to my daughter and be like you can't hang out with them I'm sorry but yeah no you cannot it's, yeah no if she's doing this in front of me lord knows what she's doing to the man at the amusement park you know so it's right. like I don't know I just would be like Nicole you're not going
0: Period. Yeah, I don't
2: know. That whole scene is so fucking weird and makes not a lot of sense to the rest of the movie. And I don't know why I had to be in there, but again, it almost seemed like just an excuse for the camera to be looking up Alyssa Milano's skirt. Right. You know, and it's just like, oh God, okay, we get it. These girls are incredibly sexualized. Next. What, do you, what else does this movie have to offer?
1: I sometimes feel like it plays into into the movie like i mean it plays into the storyline because they are being sexualized by these older men because david's older than nicole we know he's an adult we don't know how old he is um and then logan is much older than him and you know he's looking at Margot making out with her they're doing all kinds of stuff together and it's like what we don't have to do is what you're what you're saying we don't have to do is as the audience look at these girls that way we yeah, know that the characters exactly. in the movie are looking at them that way, but we as the sure. audience should not be. We should know better. Right,
2: exactly. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It, yeah, it's very strange, and I don't... I just wish that moment came back at least, like, with Margot. It just makes her, again, a bad friend. To me. <laughs> like, <laughs> I just
1: see her as a girl who just... She makes bad decisions that affect the people around her because of all the things that she's lacking. Poor okay. All right, sure.
2: All right, <laughs> I, I think I, I think the best part about the scene is that moment where we see that David's controlling because then that's yeah. sort of the our first moment where we're like, okay, kind this of our guy's first bad. red flag. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah.
2: Yeah, which so I I think that part's effective, and then the clock setting back. I'm like, is there one clock in this house? Does he not have a? a- He's on a computer, on his, and it's like on a, a computer. It's like
1: a colored computer. It's not like a yeah. the black with the green letters. It's no, like there's like for a, sure. There are a little, windows a little timer in the corner. Yeah, yeah. They have start menu. Well, yeah. I don't know. This I'm is like, pre Windows ninety five, so who knows?
2: Oh, I'm like okay. <laughs> I mean, this is. I guess this is just not a problem that would ever happened today so maybe it's just hard to (laughs) conceptualize this being an issue because we don't deal with that yeah i'm like what (laughs) you don't know what time it is (laughs) yeah my watch died like (laughs) check your fucking phone oh wait oh you don't don't
1: have she doesn't have one uh (laughs) so then we get to the amusement park logan's Uh making out with Margot. it's all they seem to know how to do um (laughs) and then we get this iconic scene that Even if you've only seen this movie once, you remember this scene.
2: Yeah, because it's like, wow. I mean, is this even possible? <laughs> like... Yeah.
1: So what we're talking about is obviously the fingering on the roller coaster. <laughs> <laughs> Which is honestly kind of hot. <laughs> I
2: mean, it's. I don't know. We is couldn't
1: it? do it. I think it no, is. I'm... She puts his hand up there.
2: Here's the thing. Okay, I'm just thinking like, Okay, on the way up, I guess, like, this is considering if the the bars of a roller coaster (laughs) would even allow this. Yeah. Like, they just have, like, the tiniest little bar, but this is, like, a full-on wooden roller coaster. I'm like, they would fall their asses out. But I guess for the convenience of what's about to happen, we'll let it slide. Yeah. (laughs) So then she sticks his hand up her skirt as they're going up and I was like okay this makes sense but as soon as you hit that drop on the roller coaster you cannot cannot tell me that he was not making scrambled eggs of her vagina (laughs) like (laughs) like, Like, I was like like come on (laughs) yeah
1: no literally I wrote this is these are my notes and I'll read them verbatim the fingering scene the the one scene I always remember he starts going in as the roller coaster goes up she's getting it she's like humping his hand (laughs)
2: Oh, yeah, she's fully invested.
1: But when the roller coaster gets going, that can't possibly feel good. That's what my notes say.
2: (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah, it's. I don't. I mean, I don't have a vagina. I will admit that. But I don't feel like this would. First of all, be long enough for a woman to get pleasure from. No. Like, just like.
1: Unless he I knows think... how to stroke. <laughs> Ooh!
2: Oh my god, expert. All <laughs> oh, that prison time. Yeah. <laughs> hey. Really made him an expert in pleasing a woman. Okay. Yeah,
1: maybe he was sticking his fingers up his booty hole in prison. <laughs>
2: like, <No. laughs>
0: oh my god. Yeah, so like.
2: I don't know. I don't know if it would. It, I Maybe that would work. I don't know. It might to work. Me, but to me, I'm thinking
1: the velocity or whatever. When, <laughs> <laughs> when, the vertical velocity. The vertical velocity. When you go down that roller coaster, your body weight shifts forward. Yes. So everything's going, you know, his hand, if, if his fingers are already in her vagina. Then you have this. The finger is probably going in as far as they can go. The <laughs> fist, the palm of his hand hitting your pubic bone.
2: His wrist probably has to be contorted in a way to like get around the bar up uh, her skirt. Keep it there while the fucking roller coaster is and da- 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 she's da- 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 like, da- da, you know.
1: Yeah. Well, Hit and then every they turn. really start to see them going after the drop. Then you see all this. And you yeah, see Nicole's yeah. head just bopping up and down and she's still <laughs> acting like she's in ecstasy. She's
2: loving it. She is
0: loving <laughs> like, it. Like
1: how euphoric is this experience? Yeah, because how? Like, now because now you're bumping he's bumping on the walls and the probably yeah. the skin getting pinched and I don't know.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a mess. And was that's she wearing panties? Who knows? I know, never.
1: Maybe he um, was just,
2: you know, lip playing. Oh my god. Just just scratching her, her pubes. I'm
1: just thinking I'm honestly just thinking about it from a butthole perspective. Because I don't, <laughs> because I don't have vagina. <laughs> I don't want it. Um but I just imagine like well obviously this person wouldn't work in a booty hole. But if it did, ow.
0: <laughs> yeah. I'm like, ooh, well, ow,
2: stretching. i stretching I don't know if this would yeah, I don't know if this would feel good. I'm going to say it's a no. No. I'm going to say it's going to be a no for fingering somebody on a roller coaster. I'm going to go with my first instinct in my notes.
1: That can't possibly feel good.
2: (laughs) Yeah, no, absolutely. And so, okay, so she loved it now she, you know, Yeah, now she finds
1: herself home alone, an opportunity to get David over to the house.
2: How convenient, and so then she's stupid enough to give him the key code to her security. Which, honestly, I'm surprised they even have that. It's 1994. Right, I mean, yeah, I mean, apparently her, I think Steve is supposed to be an architect. It took me forever to figure out what the fuck he does. It just seemed like random business jargon for the longest time. Until he's looking at that Yeah, the (laughs) the little schematic of, yeah, whatever. (laughs) So then he comes over. This scene is also very disturbing to me. He, like, comes into the house all quiet. This is some Twilight-ass shit, right? And she's sleeping. And then all of a sudden, he's, like, shirtless in her room, still very quiet. And then he pulls down the sheets, and it's just this full body shot from toe to head... Of her in these like angelic white panties and bra. I'm like, oh my God, she looks like a child to me.
1: Yeah, they, and they do, they do, I and obviously they must purposely do this, dress her as such. Like, yeah. uh, we're going to put her in children's underwear.
2: Yeah, she looks like she's wearing children's underwear. And then they, st- they start doing it i guess honestly and, uh, i didn't notice
1: any of those little details because i literally was just looking at mark Wahlberg's third nipple on, oh yeah on the left side
2: he makes an appearance at th- what is it with like really hot guys having a bunch of nipples harry styles has four nipples what four yes yeah he has one two three yeah
1: maybe he was supposed to be a dog <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah, it's, wow. I don't know. It's like a, it's like That's a rite weird. of passage. Yeah, it's like yeah. crazy. And
1: I caught it because I and I remember and I remember thinking and I googled it as I was watching. I'm like, isn't it Mark Wahlberg who has a third nipple? Because I'm seeing a third nipple.
2: Yeah. He didn't reveal it.
1: it until much later on, but I, but I'm like, yeah, you get a full n- third nipple full nip slip, and it's like literally <laughs> right under the other one. Like it's yeah. like, but it's like at the bottom of his peck. It's weird. Yeah, it is. But it's hot. I would lick that, too. (laughs) One,
2: two, three. (laughs) Do me. Okay. Uh, uh, So, I don't know. That whole scene is also very disturbing. And she loses her virginity to him. And Um, she's a woman now. (laughs) I'm 18, so I'm
1: a woman. (laughs) Yeah. Dream girls. (laughs) Yes. I'm a woman now. (laughs) Yeah. I'm a woman now. (laughs) Love it. Okay. So, should we keep going? Yes, yeah, do it a couple of days later after school nicole confides in gary about having sex before walking in separate directions nicole and gary hug goodbye david watches on and is immediately consumed by a jealous rage he rushes up to them and begins to beat gary as nicole tries to stop him david knocks her back causing her to fall to the ground as a result she breaks up with him. the next day she notices david has given her a black eye not sure how, but she has a black eye. <laughs>
2: yeah. You, like, <laughs> swatted her away and I was just like, my eye! Yeah. And it's also, like, beautifully, it's just, it's, she still looks beautiful with She's that black stunning. eye. Like, stunning. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, how do we make this, like, not ugly? We just, yeah. yeah. We still want you to look
1: as cute as possible. And yeah. young and innocent.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah.
1: Lauren notices, but Nicole lies, saying she took an elbow to the eye during volleyball. David begins to stalk Nicole at school, watching her as she continues to befriend Gary, overhearing them talking about David's violent episode. David leaves Nicole a note in her locker to meet him at the pool lounge, but she doesn't show up. He then attempts to send her flowers, but Nicole throws them away. Overhearing Nicole crying in her room, Laura consoles her as she confides in her about David beating up Gary. Steven enters and also asks if it was David who gave her the black eye, but Nicole sticks to her lie. Steven tells Nicole he doesn't like David and then notices a condom wrapper on the floor, so he reestablishes the house rules, further upsetting Nicole. The next day at Margot's house, Margot gives David the benefit of the doubt, explaining, Sometimes a man hitting you is just an asshole way of showing he loves you. Oh it's my bad,
2: god. Bad friend.
1: We'll get into it. <laughs> so. David, Logan, and the gang of guys they live with show up to Margo's house. Nicole attempts to make a quick exit, but David stops her, apologizing for his behavior with Gary and telling her that he would never do anything to hurt her.
2: So the first thing I think gotta say is, you know what? Poor Gary. I'm so Poor sad for Gary.
1: <laughs> so this is red flag number four for me. David kicking Gary's ass <laughs> and shoving like Nicole not- to the ground.
2: That is not even a red flag. That is a (laughs) fucking red baseball bat to the face. Whoa. Oh, my. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) But I don't know. It's like, first of all, poor Gary is like her sexless, probably gay friend who just wants to be a journalist. He has no real character. Honestly,
1: I feel like he's kind of into her. I think there are moments where we kind of see him it'd be a little flirty and maybe protective.
2: Really? Of his friend, Nicole. Yeah. And I can see him being protective, but I don't think that he showed any like romantic interest in if her. If this
1: movie were rebooted, which it might be, we'll talk about it, um, I think that he would be gay. But for this, for the sake of the movie standpoint, I literally think that... But, you know, in the beginning of the movie, Margot mentions... Why doesn't she have a boyfriend? She should totally date a guy named Jason, who totally seems into Nicole. No, yeah. no Nothing about Gary. So, maybe yeah, Gary is gay.
2: I don't think Gary... Yeah, Gary is just her... He's just her platonic gay friend, or, you know, sexless friend that's there just to, um... Complicate the storyline. Yeah, just to become a victim of assault and to become raccoon food later. Like, it's so sad. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, and like one of the weirdest things about this movie is like even after this moment when he gets his ass whooped by David, the next like the next day or so whatever he is completely fine. Not an injury. She's walking to be around seen. with a black
1: eye. And he's, <laughs> yeah, I think he and would he's at like, least have cracked a rib.
2: Yeah, he's kicking he's, him hard. Yeah, he is not traumatized enough. I would say. I think that was a really strange, strange choice. He's just like ah. Oh. God, that guy's crazy. But honestly,
1: and, at that point, I would know. Like, okay, he's clearly watching her. I'm gonna stay away from her. I
2: don't want nothing to do with anything to do with her. Right. Exactly. And he's just like, wow, yeah, that that guy. I see his face in my nightmares, man. Whatever. Anyway, see you later. Like, no. Like, you just got like a your ass handed
1: to you. You got beat the fuck up.
2: Yeah. Seriously. Like, it just. I don't know. Stay I feel away. like it's kind of a. Yeah, a poor choice for. Them and now that, just he's like friends with
1: not only Nicole, who is the reason basically that you know he gets his ass handed to him, but also Margot. He's friends with Margot. So yeah. these girls—they're just nothing but issues. He needs to stay <laughs> away from them.
2: Seriously, yeah. These are a the girl that from... I
1: would hang out with. I'm Gary.
2: That's <laughs> <laughs> just in a mess.
1: Yeah. So, red flag number five for me, which I wanted to mention because I because it's not in the synopsis, um, is the trashy bachelor pad that the guys live in. Um, complete with mud yeah, shots ew. on the wall. It's <laughs> spray painted all over the place. Um, yeah. But also, there's this moment where these boys show up to the house and they're like, oh, we're looking... Uh, we're talking... We want to talk about a dog. We're here to meet a guy about a dog. And so I'm thinking... Is this how they make their living? Is that code for I need crack? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dog. <laughs> yeah. I'm here to see a guy about a dog. And they're kind of like, what? You know, and then they let him in. He's like, they're here to see a guy about a dog. And like, get Yeah, Dave. it's like their secret David. password. Yeah. And he's like, okay, I'll go get David. And he goes upstairs and is like, David's not having it because he's, you know, having a bad day. But I'm like, what is this dog? Is this and crack? I'd say it's crack. I say it it's mess. crack. I think it's drugs. And I think that's how they maintain their, their lives because how else sure. would he be able to do anything? He doesn't have any work history, which we come to find out later on. And so, what does he do? He probably sells you know, crack. Crack.
2: Yeah, <laughs> he's dealing crack on the street. And I wish it was his butt crack. Just kidding.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I'm so, here to be uh, a man so- about a dog. <laughs> 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 uh, so uh,
2: we kind of get the return of Laura a little bit and her character makes a a crazy quick shift you know for the first half of the film she seems to be like at odds with Nicole about everything and then after her and Steve kind of like, barely have a conversation about the fact that she called her a slut all of a sudden she's like I'm gonna be her best friend now and then we spend the rest of the movie with Laura as Nicole's BFF. And I'm like, okay, that's a very quick change.
1: Yeah, I think Laura provides a safe space because she's her stepmother, of course, but she is obviously uh, in the know about the female experience. And I don't know, it's just like she's related to her, but she's kind of not related to her, but she can still be a mother figure. So it's kind of like this safe offering that Laura offers, um, especially when she puts concealer over that black eye but honestly <laughs> i would have she been should have alarmed. Asked way more questions yeah she knows oh, what kind yeah. of situation she she's said in. it
2: was volleyball like what, like bitch? i'm so
1: stupid me? but also we have to remember that she's also digmatized by david's character <laughs> right so i okay, guess that's, she true. Gives him, that's true she subconsciously gives him the benefit of the doubt like there's no way that sexy stud could ever do this but right exactly uh,
2: and then we, uh, you know, they have this conversation and then like Steven finds the wrapper of the condom, which I'm like, when did they put that on? I did not see them do that. I didn't did he see put it that. On? Was did he put it on after? It was, was already it on. <laughs> 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 he just threw the wrapper on the ground. <laughs> yeah. I mean, did he? No, he didn't do that on purpose. You know, I don't know. Anyway. You know Do you what? think he did it on purpose? Maybe he Ooh, did. I... Oh my god, ding ding, like my light bulb just went off. Steven's maybe. a
1: snooper. Yeah, maybe he left it there. Maybe he maybe used David it earlier in the night. Because David, when he, you know, before he got to Nicole's house, he was with a bunch of girls. We saw them in the backseat of the car with him and Logan. Yeah. So maybe That's true. he maybe he already had it in his pocket. Because David strikes me as a type of guy who his obsession with Nicole is beyond just a you know one time fling. It's like he would probably try to get her pregnant, so he probably wouldn't even use a condom. So right, maybe that yeah, was yeah. from earlier I mean, we, in the night and he did plant it there to for Steven to find.
2: We fully I mean, I guess they're they cut away before I guess he could get out of bed and put it on, but we don't see that. When do they yeah, there was no moment where the condom happens. I guess we don't need to see that, but I don't know, I think maybe he planted it. Maybe he planted it maybe there to did. piss off Steve. It could be. It could be. I, I I can see that.
1: I can but see she that happening.
2: You know what I'm saying? Because not only is he trying to get with Laura, he, or sorry, not with Laura, with Nicole, he's a part of this whole thing. He has is about like getting Pissing at Steve. off, Steven, Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um. Honestly, as a parent, if I saw that condom on my 16 year old's floor, I'd be like, I need to talk to you. I applaud you for using protection. Absolutely. But not in my
2: fucking house. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> not on my goddamn roof. Not on the fucking bed that I paid for. <laughs> <laughs> so then we um we get to Margot's house, and here's another reason. Margot is a bad friend because not only is she an abuse apologist with that really misguided statement she made, which I guess can be attributed to her her sort of broken Family,
1: who knows? Who knows the things that she's seen? You know, maybe sure. her mother okay. s- separated from the dad because sh- she was getting beat up. There, was, there could have been a domestic violence issue. Obviously, sure. there it was a domestic violence issue in her own family and probably Margot, something Margot had experienced in her right. s- short 16 years of life. Right. But she obviously is no stranger to domestic violence.
2: Right. And then... Margot's a bad friend because she then invites over the gang to her house, including the guy who just punched her best friend in the face and beat up her friend Gary. Mm-hmm. And she's like, yeah, here they are at this pool party. Let's have fun, guys. Like, Margot, you're a bad friend.
1: But she's see, a friend. I keep giving her the benefit of the doubt because I'm like, she just needs att- she's call it. She's crying for help. She just needs attention. <sighs> she just needs that love. That is no excuse. But... She makes these bad decisions that compromise the people around her. It's
2: true. She puts her best friend in danger and her friend Gary.
1: (laughs) So this is the scene. Speaking of Gary, this is the scene that I wrote the quote in. And I'll do my best. I wrote, I didn't know it was Gary. (laughs) 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 I swear. I just saw a guy with his paws all over you.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I was like, "What the fuck?" I was like, "Is he in Greece? What is he doing?" I was like, "Is he, is he riding fucking Greece Lightning and going it's, to the sock hop?"
1: It is so funny because he's trying to be like innocent. So he's like, "I didn't know. It. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't know it was Gary. I swear. I just yeah, saw I a guy with a, his paws all over here." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's so good. I and I literally was like, "I have to." I paused the movie and I was like, "And I wrote." Oh my I, god! I wrote it in his accent because I can't forget. The parts that I am attracted yeah,
2: to. <laughs> to me, it sounds like they're literally about to burst into summer love and have me a blast. <laughs> <laughs> Did you get very far?
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, but yeah, also, this whole apology is such bullshit. Why does she. I think she gets back with him literally just to spite her dad. Yes, and this is why I say
1: Stephen makes the shittiest decisions as a parent yeah he drives nicole back into david's arms by barging into that fucking room where he wasn't welcomed while laura <laughs> is having a moment with him where laura can say you know what you're better than this nicole you, you you'll come out stronger than from this you know you don't want to put your friends in danger blah blah, blah. laura had the right idea Steven barges in there nicole you know <laughs> like yeah. you can't you know blah, blah, blah. and my rules are my rules and my house and my house and then she's, she gets upset. She's, and, sure. and then it's, the, it's, in the very yeah. next scene, she gets back with him because she's obviously going to be more forgiving because she's coming from a place... Because she was still mad at David, but she comes yeah. from a place where she still... She wants to piss off her dad too. So it's like... Right. Because she also needs more discipline in her own.
2: Yeah, it, he didn't take it as... He didn't use it as an opportunity for a teaching moment. He used it as a way to shame her and to... Yes to blame her for this so and it was not... any 16 year old
1: is gonna be like you know what fuck you I'm getting back with him <laughs> like literally
2: and that's what she did and that sucks because that leads to really horrible things that are about to happen and I think we should get into our next section go Stephen arrives home the next day and finds Nicole, Laura and Toby splashing around in the pool with David Nicole and David are back together stephen decides to dig into david's past finding out david's past is a lie and he actually grew up in foster care and ended up in juvenile hall until he was 18. david has no family no work history and nothing to his name. laura tries to convince stephen that david was hiding his sordid past to impress nicole but stephen refuses to give him the benefit of the doubt. stephen confronts david at nicole's school. he tells david that he is to stop seeing nicole. David tells Stephen that he knows what his problem is, that he abandoned Nicole, that he's been having problems at work, and that he doesn't hold up his husbandly duties with Laura. Otherwise, she wouldn't be on his stick. Stephen angrily threatens David to stop seeing Nicole. As Stephen drives off, David begins repeatedly punching himself in the chest. Nicole confronts her dad, saying that she lost respect for him after hitting David, leaving him sore and bruised. As Steven tries to explain he didn't touch David, Nicole storms off, giving her dad one last disappointed look before David drives off with her. They stay out all night, and as David drops her back off at home, he asks if she'd like to come home with him. At first, Nicole refuses, but as David drives off, she changes her mind. Nicole shows up to Logan's house on her own, and there seems to be a party going on. She peers into the house and sees Margot grinding on a crack-smoking Logan. (laughs) I actually didn't know it was crack. I was like, he's smoking
1: a bowl. It wasn't until I read further information that it says they're smoking
2: crack. I'm like, whoa. Crack, my God, okay. She then watches as David approaches Margo and Logan and forces Margo into leaving Logan and coming up to his room. David throws Margo over his shoulder and Nicole runs away from the house in tears. (sighs) Oh my God, the fucking
1: the audacity drama okay let's go back to the scene where laura is talking to nicole and Stephen and nicole oh no sorry Stephen and laura have this conversation after they both speak with nicole and he's like i found this in her room it's a condom this is the point where they should have set clear boundaries
2: <laughs> yeah
1: that said you know what if they happen to get back together these are the rules and we both yeah. need to stick to the plan
2: not let him come over and swim in our pool, Laura. Yeah, Laura. What the fuck? In your it's, first of all, this pool is insanely beautiful with this view. That is insanely this beautiful. Is this enormous. is the first. This is the first time I realized like how rich these fucking people are. These people are loaded. Loaded. But I mean, yeah. Why would she be so irresponsible as to let him come over and then, you know fucking fool around with him at the pool letting him throw her in. I'm like, Laura, what are you doing, girl? And then, the, then you kind of get
1: the the hint when David says, you know, at the she wouldn't be all on my stick. And you're like, yeah. okay, well, yeah, she, she kind of is, because she's like, well, you said that it had to be in your house so at least where you can see them or something or whatever the hell she says. And I'm like, Laura, no, that's not what he said.
2: Yeah, Laura, yeah, this is not her smartest moment. That is for sure.
1: And he, she's letting him throw her old ass into the pool, like
2: oh, <laughs> oh my god, her bones they were probably all broken afterwards. <laughs>
1: She—I mean, she looks great, honestly. I'm like Laura; no, she does off. look great.
2: Also, yeah, also she's much younger than Steve. I would say,
1: yeah, at least it appears that way because he's kind of been the same age throughout his entire career. Like I only—I only know him from CSI. Yeah, but he's like the same age in that too.
2: <laughs> Came I'm out gonna much say. Later. I'm going to say that Laura's a gold digger. Okay. Anyway. Moving on. <laughs> there you have that it. That part. <laughs> she was a single mother. She needed a paycheck.
1: There we Steven. go. What does she do? Whatever.
2: Yeah. What the f- Anyway. But so then we get to this like pissing match, like stare, like standoff between Stephen and David. And it's kind of hot. I was kind of hoping they would kiss. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, 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 before we get into it,
1: i just want to say red flag number six is david looking at steven as he devours nicole's face
2: oh (laughs) slurping it those big old lips
1: just mark walter kissing choices are like even the first time he kisses her on her cheek he's like oh my oh Oh, he is open mouth full just tongue just (laughs) he's always making out there is no kiss or peck it's always like Oh so it is full
2: on Francis <laughs> yeah. Fuck kissing. Yeah. And obviously
1: yeah. um then we get to this point. So sorry, go ahead. Oh
2: so yeah, so we get to this uh, standoff between <laughs> David and and Stephen, and I think this is kind of an iconic. But mo- I was watching something recently. I don't know what it is, but mm-hmm. I saw this mo- like somebody was watching this movie on the TV of this moment of David pounding his chest. I'm like, what was it? Mm-hmm. I'm like, what? I was. I, and me and my roommate cannot figure out what we were watching. It oh, might have been Euphoria. Yes. But is that what it is? Yes, it is. Was it Euphoria? Okay. The part two with Jules?
0: No, because no, it, no. We we, oh. we just
2: started. We I just started it with my roommate, and I'm, I'm I, trying to think because all we've been talk, watching is America's Next Top Model, and I was like, they're oh. obviously <laughs> not watching fear on that
0: show. No, so I, was
1: like, I know what you're talking about because I did, but it but it wasn't it wasn't recent. But it was something where they show him punching himself in the chest, and I was like, oh, that's fear.
2: Yeah, they yeah. I don't know. Anyway, so I guess this is an iconic moment, I would say, from this film.
1: Yeah, Yeah. And it's kind of like, anytime David kind of goes off the deep end, it's kind yeah. of like whoa. I think it's a good
2: scene too because I think it shows how manipulative and smart David actually is, even though he's like a kind of a street rat, you know, jailbird. Yeah, he <laughs> kind of has that smart. Charles
1: Manson thing, where or any cult leader thing, where he's able yeah. to kind of you know zero in on what's pinpoint the little issues that people have and and play oh, he's on that very and smart prey on the people using yeah. that against them so he is, is this, he is yeah. very smart, smart. <laughs> very smart Uh oh <laughs> yeah he's very smart um but also this is one of those decisions that steven makes again where i'm like dude this is not the right approach like tell your yeah. daughter not to see him anymore not david that's right. that's out because, of your control
2: right because i think i think this is the the toxic masculine thing though this yeah. is when he starts t- taking the fight to him you know and that's mm-hmm. not fucking that's not adult that's not mature no that's not and... the right thing to
1: do he's kind of like taking
2: him on like come on man. right
1: yeah yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah as i was saying it becomes like a fucking pissing match between the two of them
1: Yeah, like, whose balls hang lower? Yeah,
2: yeah. (laughs) And honestly, I wish it was a kissing match between the two of them. (laughs) (laughs) I know. (laughs) It's a
1: bareback moment. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Ah! I do feel like this is, uh, I think that David's manipulation is like, obviously this is a post-fatal attraction story. Yeah. And, you know, so I do think that it's nice that they make him smart. He's no Alex Forrest. But he is very not current. that smart. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he is a little
1: not... illiterate, which we come to find. <laughs> yes, <out. laughs> which we,
2: we do. Then we get to this to this crack house scene, and this is for me where I start differentiating Margot being a bad friend and being a victim because I don't care how bad of a friend she is; she does not deserve what happens no. to her in this film. No. And this is one
1: of those things that. Rape culture, you know, that they talk about in rape cultures where, um, well, if she didn't want it, if she didn't want it, she wouldn't have been there in her underwear. Yeah, she would have dressed like that. Doing all that in front of it. There's a difference between people that need attention and people. There is no difference. There's nobody deserves anything. Nobody is asking for anything when they're doing that. that. If they're asking, they'll ask you. But this is. Horrible situation. This is one of the reasons. This is the reason why I say, well, this and other, the the next part. But where I'm like, Margot has the most traumatic experience. She's the only person in the film who is raped, you know? It's like, that's a serious...
2: Uh, Kinda. I would say kinda. There's a scene later on where Nicole gets molested, molested in a, in a bathroom <laughs> right
1: right right but you know um, this is very traumatic because she's there thinking she's all cute and hot shit and rebellious and needs attention she's getting it but then there's this moment and, and it's the way she's taken even like David's like yeah. tell her you want to be with me and she's like <laughs> "Like, oh, trying to, like gr- uncomfortably laughing it off but it's violent he yeah. grabs her by her hair and it obviously hurts and she's like tell And you want me and then you know he throws her over his shoulder she's helpless because logan's not fighting for her he's like take her i don't want her anyway you know and it's like that's disgusting and it's a horrible moment and honestly it's it's i feel it's the moment where this movie turns into a much darker story than it first appeared
2: of course yeah and i and i do think it makes things a little confusing i think i'm gonna bring it up a little later why it makes why this whole moment with Margot makes it a little confusing to me. I'll bring it up in a bit. Um, but I I will say though, this is for me when I think Nicole starts becoming the bad friend mm. because Nicole fully sees this happening. Playing she out. See, playing out. She sees her. You know, no matter what you know is going on, she sees her fucking best friend. Being violently taken to, even if she couldn't she, hear them, she can yeah, see it—the action, she can see the that, body language—that yeah, her boyfriend is violently taking her best friend upstairs to do God knows what. And maybe she wouldn't barge in herself, but she, there are things that she probably could have done to help her friend. I would have somebody, called nine one one. Yes,
1: I said absolutely. I am watching. My boyfriend just is raping my best friend. Or whatever. A man is raping somebody. Right. somebody. Someone's getting raped. Like, yes. girl.
2: Yes. But instead, she makes it about herself. Selfish. <laughs> and she gets in the car and drives away in tears and does not give a flying fuck what is happening to her friend. Now, I can't understand being
1: immature and being a young 16-year-old and sure. you seeing this happen. You're, like, overwhelmed with emotion. But at some point, when you know your friend better than you know David... So like, why isn't she making that connection? Like, why isn't she like, yeah. "I That's should your help friend, my girl. friend"? I obviously can't go in there because someone because then I'll get you know something will happen to me, right? And I don't want it. I don't. I don't want it. But you know, it's like, call nine one one. Do something. Something that yeah. tells these people you know because yeah, you're watching your uh, boyfriend throw your friend over his shoulder he's obviously really strong he's overpowering her he's fucking pulling her hair like girl
2: yeah but Be- yeah poor bad Margo. Friend. oh yeah poor
1: Margo. i mean and honestly people's interpretation on this scene is very different because i was putting the synopsis together and i was looking at two different you know synopses sure um, <laughs> and one of them said um, Nicole looks through the window and Margot smoking crack and and then ends up having sex with David. I was like, that th- uh, is not that does not happen. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <That> <laughs> she is never smokes
1: <laughs> Logan smoking crack. And Margot doesn't have sex with David. Margot is raped by David. Yes. <laughs> that's enough. I'm like, a man wrote this. He had oh, yeah. to have. Because so i like, very unobservant. Wrote that. <laughs> I was like, who the fuck wrote this? Just, I should have flagged it because it's Seriously. very, it's not right. It's very inappropriate.
2: Right. Totally.
1: I did want to say, I feel like one of the most iconic shots of this film is in this section where. Nicole confronts Stephen about hitting David, you know, the story that, that yeah. David gives her. And she's like, you lost my respect, you know? And then she storms out of the house. And she's I don't bitch. know <laughs> what it is about this moment, but, it, but I'm like, ooh, that was a good shot. Where he runs after her out of the door and she looks at him, she gives him this disappointing look and she drops down into Plops the passenger down. seat yeah. of the car. And Mark Wahlberg is looking
2: at him with his evil face and then they drive off. I'm like... Oh, that was good. <laughs> <laughs> that was good, especially because there are some actually some very poorly edited moments in this film. But that was a pretty good one. Yeah, no, that some was of the a the one. Some of the transitions were very sloppy in this film, I will say. <laughs>
1: the next day, Nicole is obviously upset at school as Gary tries to comfort her. David pops up at school during lunch, but Nicole screams for him to get away. Gary steps in and tells David to leave her alone. David backs off and leaves the scene. That night, Margot shows up to Nicole's house, but Nicole gives her the cold shoulder. Nicole says she doesn't want anything to do with her, and she knows why. Margot cries, saying David forced her to have sex with him, and she needs Nicole because she's her only friend. As Margot drives away upset, she is chased down the road by David. He runs her off the road and confronts her, hitting her and asking if she told Nicole about them. Margot insists she doesn't know how Nicole knows. David threatens her, saying she better fix the damage that's been done before kissing her and leaving her in tears. David shows up to Nicole's house, begging to see her, but Stephen turns him away. David returns home and gives himself a homemade tattoo on his chest, which reads, <laughs> Nicole forever. <laughs> he wrote it in his accent. <laughs> He continues stalking Nicole at school and sees her once again hugging Gary. After school, he follows Gary as he walks home. He follows him into a secluded area, which honestly is the woods. He confronts Gary and attacks him, snapping his neck and killing him. At work, Stephen finds his car in the parking garage completely destroyed, a threatening note left behind by David.
2: <laughs> I don't know. It's hard to tell because every single handwritten note in this film is in the same handwriting it is
1: you noticed that too i thought it was yes. just me i was like maybe i'm tripping nicole's handwriting is the same as david's
2: yes i was like this is ridiculous so they yeah. had one person write all these notes the prop- nope <laughs> nobody would notice yeah the prop, mistress. The, prop- <laughs> the prop mistress
1: oh my god okay so david follows nicole to the mall where he tries one last time to convince nicole to be with him molesting her in the process Stephen shows up to Logan's house and finds a shrine of Nicole in David's room, complete with her jewelry, panties, and photos of Nicole. Stephen reacts by vandalizing the entire house, destroying what little belongings all these guys have.
2: Bad choice, Stephen. That's a declaration of war.
1: Idiotic. Okay, so first... Nicole and Gary publicly humiliating David, who's obviously not in his right mind, it was not a good idea. Um, no. This is where, as Gary, I would have stepped back. But honestly, props to Gary. What a good friend. He's the only good friend in this movie. <laughs>
2: he's the only good friend in this movie, and he's the only one that fucking dies. Poor Gary walking through the death. goddamn forest. I mean, there's, there's several murder, deaths but... at the end. Yeah, yeah. There's... But like, yeah. This... He gets killed. He's the only person that gets killed by David. Yeah, and he stands, he has the balls to stand up to David even after he got his ass whooped before. I know. Good for
1: Gary.
0: Poor Gary. Gary
1: is cute, and he had his whole life out of him.
0: I was going to be a journalist. Awful. I didn't even know
1: he was going to be a
2: journalist. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah. Um, Yeah, he's like walking through the fucking forest, and they have this yeah i'm like where the fuck is he going yeah i was like where, who was this twilight again twilight like there's a
1: it's kind of like a stupid afterthought decision where like they show david and he's you know he's following uh gary walking down the street and then all of a sudden they show gary
2: literally walking into an entry to yes. the forest <laughs> yeah, oh it's like God. midsummer i was like what is happening <laughs> yeah, the- i was like well, weird it's the fairy tale land it's yeah like random down a rabbit um, hole. <laughs> so yeah. So then we have this um, the the confrontation between Nicole and Margot. This <sighs> is where we're, we've now ping pong. They're now ping ponging the bad friend title, right? <laughs> they're competing so, for the award for worst friends they, of they, 1996. They literally are. And so Margot shows up to the house, and she's like trying to I don't know maybe forget what happened to her. Or just not alarm her best friend.
1: Did you notice that she, this is where she's wearing? This is the only time she's like fully covered up. Oh yeah, she's fully. That's heartbreaking to me. She has yeah the, the big oversized flannel, the oversized pants. She's not feeling good about herself anymore, and I'm like, this is no. so bad, oh, so sad.
2: So Nicole is a total fucking bitch to her, and is like, like I know what you fucking did. And I can't she's stand like, people that
1: say they're one thing and then they go and do another. <laughs> <laughs>
2: She's like, what? (laughs) She's like, what? She's like, what are you talking about? She's like, I know. And then Margot's full on like, oh my God, who told you? Whatever.
1: Alyssa Milano honestly is adorable.
2: Yeah, she's great in this. And then Nicole storms off and she's like, I was high. He forced me to do this. She's literally telling her, again, best friend that she's been raped.
1: By her boyfriend.
2: Yeah, by her boyfriend. And she don't give a fuck and she slams the door in her face. I was like, girl. She
1: does immediately have a change of heart, but at that point, it's too late. Like, you're not even hearing her
2: out or saying anything. Let her in the house. (laughs) If she had a change of heart, she would have let her in the house and been like, oh, I'm sorry. I had a, I reacted poorly. We need to talk about this. Tell me what happened to you. But no, she's all, bye. Yeah. You can, you're free to go and get chased down by my psycho boyfriend. But she
1: was like, Nicole, he forced me to. That's when I would stop and turn around and be like, yeah forced you like even though she already yeah. fucking knows that he forced yeah. her to yeah so like, she saw it you know he be hearing it from her i would have been like okay fine like this is confirmation but i think that i don't know this is just complicated and honestly it's so sad to see this because i'm honestly sure that this has happened many times in real life Oh, sure. And the girl, the women get blamed because they always do in society and movies and everything. Yeah, definitely. And so, and this horrible moment where where she zooms in, where they zoom into her and she's like, Nicole, I need you. You're my only friend. I'm like, oh, this is yeah. heartbreaking. I feel it for Margot. I give her the benefit of the doubt. I think she's the best character. I think she's the most intriguing. I think she we goes love her. through the traumatic experience. I literally think this is Margot's movie to me, and I think it's oh also my because God. I feel like only a Margot's movie, but. <laughs> <hilarious>. <laughs> yeah. But to me, like I focus in. This on is her Toby's character. movie. We'll find that out later, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Kaiser, <laughs> yeah. oh. um, I know. Um, but to me, honestly, I, every time I watch this movie, I find myself rooting for Margot. Like I'm, I focus in on her every time I watch this movie.
2: Right. like I said before, like what happens to her is, I don't know, it's not deserved, you know, even no matter how promiscuous she, she is, I can't state that enough. Um, anyway, but I agree with, I see what you're saying. You're like, Margot is very, she's a compelling character. She's you feel for line. her. She goes through a lot.
1: And she's gorgeous. You know, and she's gorgeous. She's watching this she's pretty stunning. girl. <laughs> she's going through yeah. all this hardship.
2: Um, so then we get to this moment where <sighs> David done tatted himself up. It Like, this is, to me, where the movie takes a bit of a turn for the worst. As far as, like, this is getting a little silly. And the and it sort of remains throughout the rest of the film for me. Oh. Because this ta- this tattoo is hilarious. He like he does a full on like prison tat with a prison tat. with with a pen, is covered in blood. Okay, he's like cutting himself. He carving. writes Nicole, carving. carving himself covered in blood, and then uses pen ink to write Nicole forever on his chest. And then wipes away the blood, and then it's just clearly written in pen. No scars. No no, no blood. No swelling. No swelling. Uh. Just all of a sudden, just pen on his chest. I was like.
0: Nicole this is for insane
2: forever. and even even joey was he's like that was not, he's like that was not even scary or anything he's like that was just hilarious that was we all laughed yeah it
1: wasn't very thrilling it is no. it's a stupid moment honestly i honestly do think that this runtime is a little long too i think some moments stretch out too far i think this is one scene that i would have been like let's take it out
2: yeah unnecessary but then uh, so this is what i was going to say earlier why i'm also confused because it's like if he is so devoted to nicole why did he rape her friend what is like is it just his incessant need for control like that he you know i don't understand it because if he were like so so devoted to nicole what is shouldn't it must it just be seem, like it seems to have muddy. a sense of
1: control. It is a little muddy yeah. because also I think that he, I think when he's like, like, oh, I promised some friends I'd help them tonight and there's like girls in the background. I feel like, I don't know what it is, but I think he holds Nicole to a different standard too. Yeah. like, but like you, what, We like, find this in marriages a lot too. I think marriages have like an issue where, you know, maybe one of the people wander, but um, sometimes husbands, I, I don't know this is just from conversations that I've had before but sometimes husbands hold their wife up to like a pedestal and don't want to get sexual with them and so then they lash out and they have sex with other people Is that does that make any sense? you view this person
2: differently sure I don't know it just seems weird it seems weird for his character his intentions like, and right, how because extreme our, like- he gets like are you obsessed with her and you have like we find this shrine to her in his house um but then it's like but you're still fucking these like i mean i guess that makes him psychotic or you know a sociopath or whatever but it just seems weird you i would feel like a character who's so obsessed with her Mm -hmm. and would only be would only want her i guess I don't know. Maybe maybe it is just a power thing. Maybe he just feels like he needs the power. But it, for me, it makes it less like, okay, wait, then... It begins his ultimate yeah. goal. Like his, yeah, I'm like, uh, are you obsessed with her or not? I'm confused. Anyway, I don't know. That's yeah. not the biggest deal in the world, but it's just funny. Also, the shrine is hilarious, as well. Oh my god, that picture
1: of her face on whatever saint that is. <laughs> I'm like, Oh yeah what is going and on? I was
2: like, I don't believe that David sits around doing arts and crafts <laughs> like and cutting out pictures of himself and paint- Oh, and then uh, the the little the cake topper of the bride and Oh groom. my god though the bride and yeah this is when it gets really weird and he gets like this whole third act it becomes about weird That's wedding nice. sayings like yeah, time to give your daughter away. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or time, forever hold your peace. Like what is? <laughs> what are these <this> yeah. wedding? <sighs> these wedding
1: things. That's why wow. I kind of brought up the thing about the husband and wife. Like the husband the wife differently like they put them in a different category than all the other women but yeah. um i don't know this shrine is weird it, this is is also adds to like the silliness um, yeah. a little bit because it could just have just been like he was obsessed with her like he or he just wants control over her and less yeah. obsessed and more controlling yes exactly and the, and the reason he gets to. more extreme is because of steven antagonizing him to be right. extreme but this is weird. The Nicole this is, forever. And the, this is silly. Uh, and yeah. the and the this shrine. Work. The shrine is beyond silly. It's oh. I think all this man would be capable of instead of blowing up a picture of her and putting it all over <laughs> his wall, is. <laughs> I just think
2: of Tori Spelling in Scary Movie too. <laughs> <laughs> you know. What I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> Huey baby. Yeah. Until she gets
1: smashed by a chandelier. Yeah. <laughs> um. But I think he would only be capable of taping up their little pictures that they took at the fair uh, or the sure. music park on his wall. This is just, this is. Yeah, it's going to Kinko's
2: and. Printing things out, he got he's money like, for that. Like, I
1: want to get this picture blown up, and I want to put her. <laughs> on, I want to put her on a sand, on the Virgin Mary. <laughs> it's so silly. It, it is ridiculous. Like who has first time for this? Especially with all the stocking he's doing. Yeah, um, seriously. This is also the part where he destroys. Um, Steven's car, and we find out that he's illiterate, because yeah. he, he writes, now i popped both your cherries. C- C-H-E-R-R-I-E apostrophe S. <laughs>
2: Cherry, yeah, I think, I wonder if that was, was that the prop mistress? Did she do that? Or was that a conscious choice? <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. Like, obviously, he hasn't had a good education, <laughs> Yeah, so he would probably spell cherries like this.
2: And I'm ever... I'm surprised you didn't spell it C-H-E-W-I-E-S Chewie (laughs) Now I've
1: popped both your Chewies With his hood tattoo Nicole Four (laughs) Number four Eva (laughs) Eva.
2: (laughs) Well let's Um, finish off this movie We got one last part of the synopsis Wait
1: there was one more part The interaction between David and margot He chases her down the road, runs her off the road, confronts her, hits her in her head, pulls her out of the car, shoves her against the car, tells her she better tell Nicole, she better fix things with Nicole so he can get back with her, and then kisses her and leaves. And says, you liked it.
2: See, that's, I'm like saying it's confusing. Like, what is with why Margot? Like why is he kissing Margot if he's in love with Nicole? It doesn't make sense.
1: This does muddy his his ultimate intention, like the reason his character was written into this film, it does mess yeah. it up a little bit. And this is why honestly my attention always goes to Margot, because I'm like When what, what, what does she have about Nicole? <laughs> Nicole doesn't have it, you know. <laughs> what and she's getting fucking beat up and fucking raped and it's like, Jesus, poor Margot.
2: Poor Margo. All right, let's move on. So that night, Margo shows up at Nicole's house, informing her about Gary's death. Soon after, David, Logan, and other guys show up to Nicole's house. They first kill Kaiser, decapitating the dog and shoving his severed head through the door into the house. So sad. Traumatizing. It also looks so real. Honestly, from I've, I first
1: was introduced to this movie probably around the same time I was introduced to Scream. This is the one scene that I'll never forget that has always been ingrained in my mind is Kaiser's head coming through the dog door, completely severed. Oh my god, so Poor gross. baby.
2: I know. Um, the power goes out. Nicole, Margot, and Toby hide as Steven and Laura barricade the doors. In the chaos, Laura injures one of the guys by taking a drill to his hand. Nicole pushes another guy off the second story. She then uses a flashlight to signal the security guard of their community. The guard notices her signal and approaches the house. David tries to smooth things over with the guard, but he holds David and Logan at gunpoint. Stephen walks out and punches David and Logan as another guy creeps up and shoots the security guard, killing him. Logan and David take Stephen as hostage, convincing Laura to let them in the house. David and Logan tie up Laura and Stephen. Upstairs, Toby sneaks out to get his mother's car phone to dial 911. As he does, he's approached by the guy who killed the security guard, but Toby starts the car and runs him over, killing him. Logan finds Nicole and attacks her. Margot tries to stop him, but Logan knocks her out. As Logan approaches Nicole again, David shoots him in the head. Nicole then stops David from shooting Stephen in the head, but David pleads with her, this must be done in order for them to run off together. As David talks to Nicole, Stephen is untied by Laura, who has untied herself. David and Stephen fight, ending with Stephen throwing David through the bedroom window to his death. The end. Um, and when we say the end, we mean the end, because this movie just ends after that. Yeah, it's done. The credits start rolling. <laughs> I was like, wait... <laughs> Wait, what? I was like, <laughs> no resolution, no anything. Just David is thrown through the window and killed and the movie just ends. So honestly, like, okay,
1: I don't think that this chaos and climax would have happened. Okay, let's just say this is real life. This would not have happened if Steven would have stayed out of their fucking house. Because yeah, he, yeah, these guys don't have any intention war. but to get even with him they don't care that David has is obsessed with this girl or anything it's just because they've all destroyed their shit they have that moment where they're looking down at their drum set all sad and their
0: broken oh pool my- sticks
1: <laughs> it's so ridiculous but um this is, that's their goal in this is just to destroy their house and maybe fuck him up a little bit but this would have never happened if Steven would have stayed out of their fucking house
2: yeah he fucked it all up this is his fucking fault and It's so- as dumb as his daughter yeah, <laughs> and there are like some really weird things that happen in this last home invasion moment, like th- that. I say Logan holding an entire tree stump, banging on the door. I was like, "Is this a cartoon prop?" Like, it looks like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's
1: like chiseled, like yes. how to show beavers <laughs> jumping on wood <laughs> in cartoons.
2: Yeah, so I was like, "What the fuck is this?"
1: The prop mistress needed to go. Yeah. She
0: needed some more work. She needed more time.
2: She did. The prop mistress, whoever (laughs) she is. But then Toby, coming out of nowhere as a little sociopath, no emotion during this home invasion, sneaks out and fully runs over one of these men, killing him, and doesn't bat an eyelash. No, he kind of looks at him to
1: make sure he's dead, and then he calls (laughs) (laughs) 911.
2: He's all boop, boop. Yep, did that. And And slowly,
1: um, too. He's like... And then like, he's like, "Oh my god!" All right, perfect. No, I was like,
2: "Toby is fucked. And he gets he shot at crazy. and still has no emotion. Oh, does not. No, does not care. He's he's out just doing his business.
1: He's a bad actor. This yeah. little Toby. <laughs> <laughs> he gets shot yeah. at. He has no emotion. He runs the guy over. He's like, hey, "Call am one to He's I'm like, "He's either a badass or he's just
2: Seriously, a bad they, actor." <laughs> I know. Thank God. I mean, Haley. This is right before Haley Joel Osment's time. So they uh they missed the mark by a few years with him
1: right yeah and toby's a little bit of a hero in this movie so we'll give him that (laughs) credit um also steve makes a really shitty decision again when he decides okay the security guards here i'm gonna go out there and show him who's boss so he goes up there and starts fucking knocking logan in the face hits david and in the process is unable to see one of the other guys coming up behind the security guard and shooting him dead like if you would have kept your toxic masculinity (laughs) low in check you would have been able to save that security guard's life but now you how do you expect your daughter to make good choices when you make shitty choices (laughs) every day get a restraining order don't go to their house and fuck it all up
2: yeah and then he gets the security guard shot which it's like okay you're a security guard in a thriller movie you're dead that was yeah. like i was like oh no this poor man just trying to do his goddamn job and ends up fucking dead and then like yeah then it gets like uh, other people start dying randomly like logan gets shot in the head
1: oh this like, is when you know david's like absolutely nuts is when he kills his own friend because this he sees is touching nicole <laughs> oh <laughs> well, i guess you do kind of get a a, a hint, an inkling, <laughs> <Yeah>. an inkling, <laughs> a yeah. feeling, a couple red flags, but <laughs> this is when you're like, "Whoa, he'll he'll stop at nothing." His own friend,
2: yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> Everyone's
1: an enemy when it comes to Nicole, apparently.
2: So, speaking of friends, I will say that this is the moment where Margot redeems herself as a good friend marco's always a good friend <laughs> <laughs> she you know what she comes to bat for nicole when she, logan is attacking her she comes through and she's got her friends back and she attacks and then nicole subsequently sits on the bed and watches marco get her ass beat i was like <laughs> right hey. i'm like these Bitch. people and this happens later on too when steven is having a knockout fight with david and there's a bu- laura nicole margo all sat standing there like do these people not understand the concept of <laughs> strength and numbers like my god yeah before th- these three bitches and and stephen could have whooped his ass you know this with is a complicated fu- no none of them are armed not a single one of them pick- first of all margo
1: there's a room full of items to choose from <sighs> yes and not one of them ever really picks up anything no and marco nicole Mar- finally
2: stabbing him but it's like marco
1: does do like a heroic move by like trying to pull logan off of nicole uh, also in that moment when she's like no you know you kind of get a sense that she's kind of taking ownership that she kind of put nicole in this situation with these hoodlums um yeah. uh, but she comes at him with absolutely nothing she yeah, just girl, jumps man. on his back like girl look how small you are you're not gonna do anything to this beastly man <laughs> <laughs> the draggled man
2: seriously i know these people were not smart when it came to this home invasion there were so many things they could have done to make this way less traumatic than it was but even
1: the way steven comes at david after he's been untied he doesn't even get to do anything oh, before I know. david fights I said, Wait, back and it's like
2: don't go yet
1: <laughs> he's just so stupid i think steven is honestly the most annoying character in this movie even yeah. though like, he is kind of he is kind of hot in a dad way.
2: Yeah, he's like a hot. Yeah, he like he's and he's super bad. tan. I was like, whoa, he's so
0: tan. I he know, like you're beach. in
1: Seattle. Calm down. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but,
2: but I mean, but, I feel like this. Yeah, this whole ending sort of happens. This and, is another
1: uh, moment. versus sorry. But this is another moment where also Margot. I'm like, fuck. Oh, she gets her ass beat by Logan. I'm like, oh yeah. She beat. can't catch a break. Literally, no. everyone's attacking Margot. I feel bad for Margot. <laughs>
2: yeah, I feel, yeah, she she got a pretty shitty end in this deal, I will say. I always think
1: it'd be interesting to do a sequel where David <laughs> didn't die. <laughs> and oh instead, because you don't really get to see, you kind of see him like fall and he's like, uh, uh, and you assume that's his final breath, but they could always come Are you back kidding and-
2: me? Did you not see how Steven fucking pulled out his Hulk strength and threw him so far... Which was also hilarious, how he threw him out the window and how but far he flew.
1: David's oh. relentless. He could have just broken his back.
2: Oh my god! Do
0: David. you
1: think it would be silly if, like, they ever made a sequel where he hunts, he, he gets out of prison after all this time and he hunts down Nicole?
2: <laughs> I'm not answering that question. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Do you? Have, okay. Well, I will tell you about the future of this film. So, honestly, this movie has been re-reviewed and it's gotten better reviews the second time around. And it did. It's Rotten Tomatoes currently stands at 46%, which I think is a little low for this movie, but again, this ending sort of completely unravels everything they built up until this point. Kind of gets yeah. silly after Margo's put ordeal at yeah. the party. Yeah. Agreed. Um, so, Universal is working on a reimagining of this film, told from a female perspective, as if this one isn't from a female perspective already. But I guess all the male gaze will be taken out of the cameraman, so. Well, that's good. Whatever. So it's being written by Jonathan Herman, who's most popular for writing straight out of Compton. So good, good writer. All right. Um, Maybe we get some
2: diversity.
1: Yeah. And there will be more diversity because the main character will be played, if everything goes according to plan, will be played by um, a man list and... Oh, wait, Amanda Lestemberg
2: oh, Lestember. yeah she's great I love her
1: yeah she's super cute um, and super young so she'll be able to pull off the rebellious nature of whatever character she'll be playing um, but she'll be the main character so she'll kind of be the Reese Witherspoon of the Fear reboot great um, <laughs> so and obviously this movie touches on some very serious subjects that we right. do not want to make light of no, so, absolutely. Um, we wanted to bring some attention to some organizations that we thought for domestic violence, Women Against Domestic Violence. Yeah,
2: yeah. So I, um, I just want to put it out there: uh, the National Domestic Violence Hotline. If you are experiencing anything related to. Uh, abuse or you know somebody who's being abused there's always somebody that you can call Um, you can find this website it's literally called thehotline.org, and there's all the resources there possible there's also a phone number it's 1-800-799-SAFE you can go on there you can chat live with um, counselors anybody and get you out of any situation that you need if that's what you need or you know somebody who's going through something Um, So that's the National Domestic Violence Hotline. It's available for you. Yeah.
1: And the one I chose is more home-based. So they're based out of the San Francisco Bay Area. um, And they are called Woman Inc. And woman, in this case, is an acronym for women organized to make abuse non-existent. Um, Their number is 415-864-4722. Um, and it's womaninc.org, woman being singular. Um, it's uh, you know, they have obviously provide many domestic violence resources, crisis counseling, referrals, safety planning. But what would be more interesting, you know, if you're not in this predicament is that they do accept volunteers and they're looking for yes. multi-ethnic, multi-background people, uh, people of all ages to go and help, um, do some crisis counseling and safety planning. And also, you know if you can't even do that then the least you can do is donate
2: yes donate please um yeah let's help some people out that'd be really great so final thoughts on this film what would you rate it out of five?
1: Four. four? because i love i love this movie all right I, I love this movie i would, so give I would it, definitely give it a four
2: i would give it a three i do find it i thought i find it really entertaining been a little disturbing you know as far as how they kind of approach some things and i think the third act sort of loses <laughs> loses a lot of uh, the good things that are built up but yeah. honestly i think it has a really good performance by mark Wahlberg. reese is mm-hmm. cute as a button i'm glad she's uh she's always solid yeah you know, and she and she's blossomed of course into a great actress but you when yeah. she was younger the cast totally is
1: really strong totally. yeah. this is a very solid cast Um, good storyline. It's actually based off of a Bollywood movie that came out the year, a year prior to this filming called Fear. Um, and I think that, I don't know. Yeah. Like you said, the third act is a, is a little silly, but honestly, some of those things like the, the, the tattoo and things like that, those are are iconic moments in in this movie. But, um, but it, you know, it does for a first time viewer, obviously it does, it, yeah, it just rings a little silly. It, it rings a little silly. But growing up, having watched this movie like year after year and seeing it from a young age, I just think it's very effective. And I, yeah, you know, I agree. I do like it.
2: Great. Well, um, I think we need to wrap this up. We've been talking at you for a long time about <laughs> this fear. This is going to be a, probably our
1: longest episode <laughs> yes. today. <think>, so. <laughs>
2: So uh, before we go, we just want to remind you guys to uh, check us out on social media. You can find us on Instagram at Fear the Talking Queers. Email us, fearthetalkingqueers at gmail.com. You can visit our website, www.fearthetalkingqueers.com. And um, yeah, look out for new episodes every Wednesday. And we got a bomb-ass February coming for you. Yes. You'll be obsessed. Oh. <laughs>
1: Sweet screams, Bitch. Bye.